Well, it looks like this thing is really going to happen. Oklahoma and Texas announcing on Monday morning through a statement that, yes, they are indeed planning to leave the Big 12 for the SEC. I'm Pete Mundo. Another Emergency Monday podcast for you on HeartlandCollegeSports.com where your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. And by the way, a quick thank you to all our new listeners who have come in the past few days. Thanks for joining us. You can get a free Heartland College Sports koozie by leaving a rating and a review and sending me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We appreciate you guys so much joining us and hitting that subscribe button as well. So OU and Texas are, are done. They put out a statement this morning, Monday morning, saying the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas at Austin notified the Big 12 they will not be renewing their grants of media rights following expiration in 2025. Providing notice to the Big 12 at this point is important in advance of the expiration of the conference's current media rights agreement. The universities intend to honor their existing grant of rights agreement. Yeah, that's BS. I'll tell you why here in a second. They go on to write, however, both universities will continue to monitor the rapidly evolving collegiate athletics landscapes, landscape, as they consider how best to position their athletics programs for the future. Okay, OU and Texas are going to try to blow up the Big 12 before 2025. They have no intention and no plans of staying until 2025, but legally they have to say that in the statement. I mean, that's the reality, okay? And I'm not saying at this point that that's wrong if you're OU or Texas. I mean, I'm ticked off for obvious reasons. I I love what this conference has had going over the past couple of years, athletically on the field. Off the field, I thought it's been in the best place it's been in a decade. And OU in Texas decided to blow it up for what they believe is their own best interest. That's fine. That's what, that, that is what makes the world go round. All right? They're allowed to do what is in their best interest. But we're also allowed to say, hey, this was sneakily done. It was unfairly done. And I don't trust a word that comes out of their mouths anymore. And why should I? Why should you? You know, and if you're an OU fan or you're a Texas fan, you know, I'm still going to cover your team fairly for as long as they're part of this conference. I promise you, I will do that on the field. No doubt about it. But why would you trust a word that they said at this point? They want to see the Big 12 implode as quickly as possible so they can go to the SEC. That's what they want to see happen. Anyone trying to convince you otherwise or tell you otherwise is is full of it and they know it deep down they know it now i know OU and texas fans might be hearing this and saying screw you pete well hold on i'm gonna defend you here for a second okay so over the weekend it was reported that the big 12 was going to offer up a higher share of revenues to oklahoma and texas to try to get them to stay i guess maybe that's still possible but at this point it's a one in a million chance it's just it's not going to happen But I defended that idea, all right? And I believe in that idea. So I'm going to defend OU in Texas, and the other eight programs and other eight fan bases are going to be mad at me for this. But when you look across the college landscape, the Blue Bloods drive the big money, all right? They're what drives the Big 12 to make $38 million per year. Ohio State and Michigan are what drives the Big 10 to make $40-plus million a year. Those are the economic realities most other programs are riding coattails. Why is that? Well, that's because the highest-rated games oftentimes involve those blue bloods. Look at the Big 12. There's a common theme 
you look at the highest rated games last year, Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas, Iowa State, Big 12 championship game, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Texas versus Texas Tech. There was only one game, Iowa State and Oklahoma State, that did not did not include either Texas or Oklahoma. All right? And they all did at least 2.7 million viewers. Red River Rivalry did nearly 5 million. To put that into perspective, Iowa State TCU had 346,000 viewers. Those are the economic realities of college athletics. These conferences get tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions. Each school gets tens of millions of dollars because ESPN and Fox can sell enormous, enormous amounts of inventory for live sports. It's their bread and butter. All right. And the more viewers they get, the more money they can make off commercials. And that's what makes the world go round. This is not rocket science. So if Texas and Oklahoma got a 1.5 share of revenues, they would get about $56 million per year. The rest of the Big 12 teams would get around 32 to $33 million per year. That makes sense, right? Because if any of these other Big 12 schools end up elsewhere, leave out the Power Five. If they have to make their own conference or end up in the AAC with like Houston, SMU, those schools get about seven, eight million bucks per year. The Big 12 is getting 37. That's because of Oklahoma and Texas. So I know there are eight fan bases hearing this and saying, screw you, Pete, screw you, Oklahoma, and screw you, Texas. Well, I believe, and while I don't think it's going to happen, I thought it was a noble idea for the Big 12 to try to keep this conference together, to try to keep things intact, to try to keep people on the same page. And let's be honest, like if you're Iowa State, what do you care if Texas gets another 20 million bucks per year extra. They've been getting more money than everyone in this conference for years. And what's it gotten them on the field? Three head coaches, right? Another eight and four season. I mean, what's it get them? So th- that shouldn't matter to you. Now, once again, this, this is probably a moot point, but there was a lot of talk about it over the weekend. And I wanted to make sure that I addressed it today as well, even though Texas and OU did announce basically that they're done They're going to the SEC. They had a conference call on Sunday with the Big 12 Conference to address it, uh, to, I guess, talk about some of this stuff, and not much came out of it. I mean, Bob Bolsey put out a statement saying, we're going to continue our conversations and keep it going, and uh, that was kind of it. And then the next morning, meaning today, Monday, the official announcement came out from Oklahoma and Texas, and that was that. So I would have no issue, no issue whatsoever, if they had been able to pull it off, but it doesn't look like that's going to happen. So now what the deal is, is that if OU and Texas want to leave before 2025, they will each owe north of $70 million to the Big 12. You know and I know they're not going to pay that, and they don't want to pay that, okay? So it is in their best interest for the Big 12 to totally dissipate and to blow up. And who's working behind the scenes here? ESPN and Fox are working behind the scenes here, especially ESPN, because they're obviously in bed with uh, the SEC. They knew or had an idea of what was going on, most likely. So now it's in their best interest as ESPN to get rid of the Big 12, to allow it to fall apart, 
and to get OU and Texas into the SEC as quickly as they can to make themselves a boatload of money more. So everyone is working against the Big 12 right now. Let's be very clear about that. Everybody's working against the Big 12. You've got the TV networks working against the Big 12. They've got no incentive to have them around. Uh, The SEC is going to be working against the Big 12. And OU and Texas are going to be working against the Big 12. All the powers that be are working against the Big 12. I hope the Big 12 can somehow sustain itself. And I have no idea what that means and what that looks like right now because there are so many moving parts and so many different things that are transpiring in the college sports landscape. But I'm looking at this thing right now and I'm saying, boy, it looks like an uphill battle. It looks like a tough climb for this conference to stay intact. And I want to be desperately wrong. I mean, heck, I've got a a, a media outlet here that operates around the Big 12 existing. And we'll be fine. I mean, I I said this last week, but we'll be fine. And we're going to... I don't know what we're going to do in terms of where things go from here. We're going to cover the Big 12 until it doesn't exist anymore. And if it ceases to exist, we are going to do something else and we will pivot. All right? We've got an incredibly loyal fan base. You guys are awesome. We're going to see where the Big 12 teams go. And we'll go from there. And that will be that. And that will be the extent of it. And um, we'll keep you posted as soon as we have some idea on that. But for right now, all I can do is control the controllable. It's a very coach-speak thing. I know I sound like an old ball coach when I say it, but that's the attitude i got to take. We have set record numbers on traffic over the last few days on the website. The podcast is getting bonkers downloads, so thank you guys for that, and we're doing all that we can on our end to continue to pump out great content for you at heartlandcollegesports.com and here on the podcast. So where does everybody go? What happens? Well, obviously, you know, I want to see the Big 12 stay intact, but if it doesn't, There's a lot of conversations going on here. So what are the obvious places? Let's start with the Big Ten. There was a report this morning that the Big Ten is only interested in AAU universities. What is the AAU, if you don't know? That is the Association of American Universities. It's a prestigious academic thing. The Big 12 has prided itself on that for a long time. Everyone's a member of it except for Nebraska, but Nebraska was a member when they came into the Big Ten. And Adam Rittenberg, ESPN, put out a report that several people have said that the Big Ten is only interested in adding schools from the AAU. Uh, Texas is an AAU team. Pac-12 schools, Cal, Washington, Colorado, USC, UCLA, Oregon, Stanford are. Oklahoma's not. In the Big 12, Iowa State and Kansas are the only AAU teams remaining. That's it. They're the only ones left. Now, naturally, I mean, KU fans and Iowa State fans understandably would fall head over heels to get into the Big Ten right now. Uh, They would love it. Uh, How could you blame them? Iowa State would desperately want to get in the Big Ten, I believe. Why would they not? It would help out potentially Matt Campbell. It would help out the rest of uh, the programs as well. Uh, Cyhawk would be now a conference game. There's a lot to gain from it for Iowa State. And KU has got to be looking at this and saying, boy, we have got to ride our blue blood basketball program to some conference. The football stinks. What can we do on the basketball side of things? How can we brand the basketball to land in a Power Five? And they would love to be in the Big Ten, right? That's what they're hoping for. So naturally, those two schools are getting talked about in the Big Ten. But I've wondered if we're underselling Kansas State and all this. Kansas State has been talked as kind of the odd man out in the Big 12 right now. And I get it because... If you look at the conference right now, and there's eight teams that could potentially need a home. West Virginia, ACC, makes sense. I'll talk more about that in a second. Um, 
you got KU and Iowa State Big Ten. You've got the Texas schools, Tech, Baylor, TCU, and Oklahoma State, maybe looking west for more teams in the Pac-12 for a Pac-16. The team left over is Kansas State. But if you look at what drives all this, what have we talked about? What drives all this is money. And football is the moneymaker, not basketball. You look at the Big East contracts, they're making about seven, eight mil a year, and they're basketball schools. All right, football is the moneymaker. KU has one of the or the worst football program in Power Five. And K-State, you know, has a solid football program. So I'm not sitting here and saying K-State's a lock for anywhere, but it feels to me like we're undervaluing K-State's appeal and we're overvaluing KU's appeal because KU is a basketball school. Basketball is what drives the ship there. So that's not a knock on KU, but I'm just, you know, I'm here in the Kansas City area, so I hear the Kansas City media talk about this, and I feel like they're overvaluing KU a bit and they're underselling K-State. How that plays out remains to be seen. Then we'll talk about West Virginia. Let's do that. West Virginia and the ACC. Everyone's talking about it like it's slam dunk, natural fit, and it is a natural fit, right? You bring back rivalries with Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, Syracuse and Notre Dame in basketball. Uh, West Virginia fans are not going to be upset with that. They'll be very happy with that, I bet. A lot of them will be saying, okay, good riddance, Big 12, this is better for us anyway. But there are issues as to whether or not the ACC wants West Virginia. You know, I mean, that's what drives this is money, new media markets. What are you bringing to the table? If we're going to split revenues with you, what are you bringing to the table? And, yes, West Virginia is the flagship program in that state. But as Heather Dinich said, ESPN reporter on SportsCenter over the weekend, she said, quote, West Virginia would certainly be interested in joining the ACC if the Big 12 falls apart. This is about self-preservation if this does indeed happen. And everything is expected to snowball quickly. But here's the thing. The ACC has to want West Virginia. So on a per-school basis, the ACC is last of the Power 5 conferences and payouts. Does bringing in West Virginia fix that in any drastic way it's great for the fans but if there's one thing that we know today what the fans want and what is good for the fans no longer drives college sports we've got to stop thinking about it through that lens it's not about what makes geographical sense it's not about what's good for the fan bases it's about what makes money for the conferences and therefore the schools So does West Virginia bring tens of millions of dollars to the table that uh, will help this conference make money? If it's just to get the 16 teams to preserve your conference, I guess then that might make sense. But you know where the first conversation's going for that, by the way, from the ACC? It's Notre Dame. The ACC is going to want to know what the heck is Notre Dame going to do before they do anything. And I believe contractually, uh, basically those two are in lockstep, of course not on football, But what does Notre Dame want to do? Does Notre Dame say, you know what, forget it. Now's the time. Let's just get in this conference and uh, sure up the ACC and away we go. Or is there something else at play? I don't know. But I don't think that anything's happening with West Virginia until the ACC knows what's going on with Notre Dame. So that's where that stands. And then you look to the Texas schools and Oklahoma State. So Tech, Baylor, and TCU are wise to try to package themselves out West. The pitch is this. Hey, Pac-12. Bring us in, get us into the conference. We'll give you now a footprint in the state of Texas, recruiting rich area. They love college football. 
you know, you guys in California kind of lackadaisical on the college football front. We'll get you eyeballs in Texas, recruiting in Texas, and you can compete in Texas with the SEC. It's a great pitch. It's a smart pitch. But the Pac-12 has kind of been leery on private religious institutions. That's a roadblock for Baylor and TCU. I don't know how serious that is. I think it's very short-sighted for the Pac-12. They could use all the help they could get, but it could be a hurdle. Tech makes obvious sense. I don't think that, you know, Tech in the Pac-12 is kind of the obvious fit, but is that alone? Is Tech by itself enough for the Pac-12 to be like, yeah, we're definitely going to grow this brand and grow this conference? I, I can't answer that either. And then Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, uh, there have been reports all over the place for Oklahoma State. Big Ten is working behind the scenes, talking Oklahoma State. Pac-12, Oklahoma State, a fit with the three Texas schools, add four there, and suddenly you've got your 16 teams. I mean, that's uh, that's kind of, it seems like, where this is at right now for the Oklahoma State Cowboys. It's all over the place, and, you know, that makes sense. Oklahoma State's, I believe, a desirable program. I think Oklahoma State's a worthy program to have in your conference as part of your uh, part of your league. So I don't know where all this goes for Oklahoma State. They're the team that could go in many different directions because the ACC, the Big Ten, and the Pac-12 could all justify having Oklahoma State in their conference for one reason or another. But it's clear they're not going to the SEC. The way this broke down, I'm not shocked that Texas did what Texas does. I'm not. Because if you go back 10 years, it was believed that what? Uh, Texas and Texas Tech, along with the Oklahoma schools, were a package deal to the Pac-10 at the time, and that was all but done until the final 30 minutes. It didn't happen. I could see and always thought Texas might just go out on its own, whether it was go independent or just do whatever they wanted to do that, that fit their needs as Texas. I thought Oklahoma would be more loyal to Oklahoma State than they were. That is, in this whole thing, the biggest shocker to me. That Oklahoma, who I always thought had a good relationship with Oklahoma State, understood the value of these two schools in a state that has a chip on its shoulder, you know, little brother to Texas, always getting overlooked in the heartland. It's not fair. It's an incredible state. But I thought they'd hang together. I really felt that way. And maybe that was naive of me in a dog-eat-dog world, but I really thought that would happen. And it didn't. OU did its own thing, apparently working for the past six months with its hated rival Texas and the hated SEC to make a deal with the devil. And that's how this played out. And that's, I mean, what's been a week of shocking news, that may be the most shocking part of all this. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is our Big 12 website. And thank you guys. We have now 396 ratings and reviews on iTunes. I want to get to 400 here this week. If you can help us do that, uh, just leave a five-star rating and review. Hit that subscribe button. I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie in the mail. When you do that, just send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. It's how this show continues to beat out uh, athletics, CBS, ESPN, a lot of the big wigs. When it comes to Big 12 podcasts, just search it on iTunes. We're right there at the top. So we appreciate you guys a whole lot. Some nice uh, reviews here from the last week or so. If you're a fan of college football and basketball, you need to follow this podcast. That is from Investigations. Uh, N. Hunter, first-time listener, love the show. 
Zendon Hamilton last week. Pete brings it every week. Great intel, analysis, and passion. Must listen. Also, Blake, I grew up on Big 12 Sports. This podcast brings the best content on the conference, especially with the news this week. Thank you, guys. That means the world to me that you would leave those uh, comments, and it really does help this show grow and beat out the major media outlets in the Big 12. Thank you for all you do. We'll be doing plenty more podcasts uh, as the news unfolds across college football. Appreciate you guys so much. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day.